KPV Radio, Central Texas. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! What's good, radio family? The Psalmist Voice Radio Network has an all-star lineup just for you. Just pick your flavor. Starting with, on Sundays, the Psalmist Voice Reloaded at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, followed by Satellite with Michael Ceballos at 4.30 p.m. Mondays, The Grub at 12 noon. Darcy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Tuesdays, Victory Over the Waste of Life with Sister Deanne Labrine at 6 p.m. Fridays, Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4 p.m. Saturdays is our triple hitter, and it starts off with Saturdays for Best with Sister Lorraine Brown, followed by Brother Now Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m., and Motobar Nation with Sandra Grace at 7 p.m. The Thomas Voice presents by appointment only, coming soon. TPV Radio Open Mic open to all pastors preachers and artists and we're going to get it in to be announced you can also catch us on live 365 24 7 just search the thomas voice radio network and you're in there walk with us family let's go at majel's products we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Quite like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. With Sandra Grace, right now on TPB Radio. Mm-hmm. 
Ele estava em Lodebar Na terra de sequidão Tão sozinho, tão carente Longe de todos os parentes Sua família acabou Só vivendo de favor is the name of this podcast, and this Zoda Bar Nation podcast is meant to share faith and my built-in faith and everything that has to do with the Lord and how far he can get you if you think you're just so deep into some the, the void, what I call, you'll find that uh, it is actually much easier than you believe it is to come out of the void. Uh, unfortunately, we all have to go through pain and suffering, and today is uh, no exception. As a matter of fact, the days past have been no exceptions to pain and suffering due to our current situation in uh, the entire world. We're having a shared experience called a pandemic. Uh, also, racial injustices, judicial injustices, and that have come to the forefront, thank God. And also, there's several other, uh, you know, secondary effects, which 
right now you could just say it's it's economic and um and we'll get there as to how we can take one at a time i am live on my facebook page so if you wish to comment please do hello edward hello greg how are you thank you for chiming in so look today i have a whole lot to, to share so i'm going to make it as sweet and simple as I can possibly make it today since it's a, a one-hour show. I think it needs to be longer, but for now, today, it's a one-hour show. Last time that we met, we talked about pain and suffering, and the time before that, we discussed the same thing. And pain and suffering as it is uh, or as it pertains to how to help someone at, through pain and suffering, how to comfort someone through pain and suffering God's way. And there are several secular ways that we can do it, but they're not too different because we're human. We're human beings. So uh, people, you know, when they call and ask uh, questionnaires about, you know, what race I am, uh, I always say human, and they kind of get stunned. They're like, no, you have to pick. And I'm like, no, I pick human. I am in the human race. So that, that's who I am. And so uh, human to human, don't care what color you are, what creed you are, what orientation you are, the fact is you're human and you matter to me. So how to care for people that are suffering and people that are in pain? Well, it is simple, uh, but it takes uh, intentionality. It does take you to be intentional about helping people because we can talk all day long about how we want to help people, but we don't do it if we don't um, have we have the knowledge and that's what I've been wanting to do here all along is share knowledge on how we can help people that are in need of comfort if we're not able to do the the action that goes with that knowledge then that and nothing or to nothing so you can sit and just read books all day long and just uh, sit with your with your thoughts um, so I I wanted to underscore how important it is not only to share um, your knowledge, uh, but the impact that that action of sharing your knowledge of how to help people in God's way when it comes to pain and suffering, how that is actually going to put you on a whole other level. Because when you start rising up, when you start rising up and helping other people understand and helping them lift them up from wherever they're at, it does something to us. It does something to your soul. It really does. It breaks something in there uh, probably that was hidden, that was insecure. I don't know uh, what exactly occurs uh, chemically, spiritually, but I do know that we do have breakthrough moments when we heal ourselves, um, when we minister to ourselves uh, or minister to other people, we're actually ministering to ourselves as well. So um, none of the things that I say, none of the things that I share are things that I have not gone through myself. And if I do uh, say something that I have not gone through, I will say it. Um, and, and, and say that I cannot empathize, maybe sympathize, but not empathize. I have gone through similar things. Pain and suffering is, is an experience that we all share. That's one thing that we all have in common from here all the way around the, the world and back and, and just all over latitude, longitudinal. We all go through the same emotionals that have to do with pain and suffering but in, on different levels. And it's the experience that, that we have that, that either makes us or breaks us. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in, in the state of Texas. 
So I have, you know, certain modalities or certain ways that I approach someone who is in pain and suffering. You know, I have to look at them from the beginning of, uh, of the actual one-on-one and see how their the, how their demeanor is. Are they clean? Are they disheveled? Are are they making proper eye contact, uh, their speech, the volume, the content, the speed of their, the, the way they are speaking. I'm looking at the way they're putting work together. I'm also looking at motor activity. So there's a whole lot of things that I'm looking at when I am in that professional setting. And I, I get a sense of what I'm about to um, have to to put together in terms of a treatment plan and, and you move forward with it. So FYI, when you go see a therapist, when you go see someone to help you uh, get through some times or sometimes they're court ordered services. So let's, let's talk about that too. Uh, some people go to therapy, not because they want to, but because they have to. And so that's fine. Uh, but that makes a very, very difficult client for people like me because I know that they're there just to check it off the list. So here at Lodabar Nation, this podcast specifically dedica- it's dedicated to the way, you know, a faith-based approach, um, how to help people um, fa- using our faith and, uh, and not using, just reminding people that our faith is there and that sometimes we forget that it is there and, and we forget to pray and we forget to leave things at the foot of the cross. You know, we tend to do that from time to time. So I'm here to remind everybody that, you know, we all are uh, in, on the same plane in terms of pain and suffering. We are all there, especially nowadays. Uh, we see it, we hear it, we read about it, and sometimes it can get us to a very dark place really quick, depending on our on our daily routines. Um, so some people can be at the beginning of the day, they wake up and they're just, you know, knowing at that point that they're going to have a miserable day. Well, the first 14 um, minutes of the day is the way you're going to it sets the tone for the rest of the day, believe it or not, psychologically. So yeah, 14 minutes, the first 14 minutes of your day will set the tone for the rest of the day. So if you wake up and you say, thank God I'm alive. Thank God I've got a roof over my over my head. Thank God that I've got food. I've got clean water. Thank God that I can breathe, you know, just thankful and be grateful and using gratitude. Those first 14 minutes, you'd be amazed how much that is going to help you throughout the day. People don't really believe me until they try it. They're like, you know what? What you said the other day is true. Those first 14 minutes of the day when you wake up, you thank God. You thank God or your higher source or your higher power or whatever it is that gets you through the day. But gratitude is probably one of the biggest unused weapons that we have in our arsenal of things to combat that which uh, wants us for themselves and devour us. And I say that, you know, because I I believe in angels. I believe in demons. Um, You know, I don't, you know, I just, there's, there's, good and evil we can't just you know negate uh that there's evil because you know i my my toes are pointed towards christ my toes are pointed towards faith but i also know that when i do that and i do that with a lot of intent that uh, demons or darkness is going they're going to be just as intentional bringing me down and let me tell you how they try to do that so uh for one um I did struggle a lot with my faith growing up because I was raised Catholic. 
and I was raised Catholic, and, and, and I still practice Catholicism. I just practice more Christian Catholicism, and that hasn't gone away. But there was a time, though, in my life that I will say this. I was atheist. I was, I had had it. I was so angry with God, and I was angry with God for so many reasons. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. And I let it go. I let go of my faith. I let go of my belief system. And I did that for several years. And I, (laughs) interestingly, I bought a book about atheism. And I read it while I was vacationing. Um, Every summer, we vacation three weeks. And so, unfortunately, this this summer, we're not vacationing because of the pandemic. We're limited in, in where we go. And so we just, or just choosing to hunker down. But I will say this, that when I was uh, there um, during that vacation, I read this book and I read it cover to cover. And the interesting thing about this book was at the end, it actually brought up, like, maybe there is something bigger out there that we don't know about. So regardless of it being a book on atheism, it actually got you to think there's something, there's something bigger than, than us. And so it brought me back, ironically. The book on atheism brought me back to my Christianity and my roots. So and God, that, that was silly, um, the way God does, you know, what he does to get me back on track. So, well, uh, that being said, I, you know, currently, uh, you know, well, I wanted to go and learn more about God, but I didn't want to read the book, uh, the Bible cover to cover. Um, I didn't want to spend, you know, and people do that. And that's, you know, they have a program for that that you put on your app. You know, people dedicate themselves in groups to do so, uh, to to learn the Bible from, from cover to cover. And I, some people like, wow, it's just full for them. And, uh, for me, though, I wanted something else. I wanted to start with a book that would resonate with me. So um, I prayed about it, and uh, through searching and, and, and soul searching, I decided to start with the book of James. And I believe what James had to share is the guide to life, to living a happy life. Um, No one can tell me different. The book of James has changed my entire life and and how I I, I treat people, how how, uh, whether or not I'm going to take offense if someone is treating me or mistreating me, rather. Um, The book of James, to me, is like the how-to. It's the how-to be a, a decent human being uh, and it also raised my level of awareness about what, you know, I, I need to do personally to help, you know, humankind. And so for those that don't know me very well, you know, I have a master's in, uh, in family and family, marriage and family therapy. Excuse me. I have a master's in marriage and family therapy. I also have a bachelor's in public policy. So I dabble a lot in politics, especially lately I do. Um, and, and that's never going to go away. It's just ingrained in me. Um, I've always helped people. I was raised 
uh, in a household where we help people. And my father, my mother, um, my father's passed away. He passed away last year. And my mother, um, she's still with us. And she was sick a couple of days ago. And she is actually um, doing much better. She's actually healed. Um, I'd like to say that she has um, she has actually healed from whatever was ailing her. So I, I just want to say thank God for that. Um, the the second thing that I wanted to share um, is my brother uh, was, had tested positive for COVID, and you know I. I don't know exactly uh, how to even begin with that. You know, we knew that he was sick. He knew he was sick. He had told people that he was sick. He had told his boss he was sick. And, you know, no, his boss didn't really care. Um, his boss actually didn't want him to stop um, from from going to work. He wanted him to continue going. So, and as a matter of fact, my brother, uh, when he was diagnosed formally with COVID-19, about a week ago, his boss calls him every single day to see if he's going to go back to work. Are you going to come back to work? Are you going to come back to work? My brother's an auto body. You know, he does auto body work, and that's a tough job, especially in 110, 15 degree weather. It is going to be tough. It is a tough job. It really is. So those people that go out there and, and work on auto body repair, my, you know, my, my sincerest, you know, thank you for what you do because it is – you cannot have any air conditioning on because things fly in the air. And so, you know, the bottom line is, you know, that there is so much that um, we don't know about the ins and outs of some of these businesses. But um, in regards to my brother, you know, who already, like I said, uh, my brother who is uh, tested positive for COVID um, calls his boss. He does the right thing. He calls his boss. He tells his boss, hey, you know, I tested positive. Just wanted to let you know that they told me that I can't go to work for about two weeks. I've got to take this antibiotic. I've got walking pneumonia. So, you know, they're like, okay. Um, I don't know uh, at what point uh, his boss didn't understand that, um, you know, it was not okay for him to ask him to come back to work the day after that conversation. Um, I, you know, it truly bothers me that, um, that there are insensitive people out there and that, you know, certainly they have this uh, agenda that has nothing to do with the well-being of, uh, with the well-being of um, the, a human. So I'm very disappointed. Uh, my brother will get this. My brother's going to go to work regardless of him being told that he was supposed to go to work. He's going to do it because he, he's afraid to lose his job. And I think that's where I'm at. You know, I think that's where I'm at uh, believing, you know, that we're in this, uh, unfortunately, we're in this, uh, this, 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 we're living in a society where, um, profits are more are more important than people. Profits over people, and that's a great example of profits over people. Because my brother has a skill set, and they want my brother there no matter what. Um, even though he's got COVID, one he's get everybody else sick. Two, um, you know he can die, you know, like on the scene, and you know there was there, there's no uh, compassion. There's no compassion. 
And I think we lack that. I see that a lot, as a matter of fact, on Facebook, you know, uh, or on other media where people um, are, are lacking compassion, that people are hurting, uh, whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, because of COVID, um, and, uh, or the, the, secondary, the secondary effects of COVID, the mental, uh, the depression, the anxiety that it causes, even if you may not have COVID-19, the fact is it affects everybody. So me, I've not gotten tested for, for COVID-19, but I walk around life nowadays as if I do have it. And that's why I wear a mask uh, and I, I will continue wearing it until, you know, spiritually I feel like it's safe for me not to. But right now, I walk around as if I have it. Have it? I don't know. Maybe I'm asymptomatic. I don't know. Bottom line is I am not going to walk around like this is a hoax, like this is something that, oh, my gosh, you know, you're impeding my rights and or impairing it, whatever it is that's going on. Bottom line is I'm a mental health care professional, and um, I just don't – I think that the, the short-term uh, short results of being inconvenienced from wearing a mask will, will um, not – outweigh the long-term effect that it's going to have if you get somebody sick because you are sick and you don't know it, uh, or, or unfortunately, because, um, you know, people around you, they may be asymptomatic and, or they look up to you for whatever reason. They look up to you because you're in a leadership position and people look up to lead, people want leaders. People want to be led. Not, and it is interesting, the psychology behind it, but they do want to be led. They want to know. They, they are starving for leadership. And some people starve for leadership. Sometimes it comes in all shapes and colors, and, and it compromises our, our, uh, our morals because uh, things are, are painted in a certain light that it, it sounds like, well, okay, I'll go ahead and suspend my value system because this kind of sounds good. And, and then before you know it, you know, that's how cults come into play. You know, we start like systematically suspending our moral values or, or lowering our, our, the bar that we set um, for our morals little by little. And so, you know, I, I, I'll go back to what, you know, I was saying earlier about the book of James and how that book is so important to me. Um, and in terms of pain and suffering, it's very germane because, I'm still going to continue uh, discussing uh, on pain and suffering because you will get a certificate after this, um, learning how to treat and uh, how to help people God's way. And so uh, this, this, this thing, this, is, this beautiful book called uh, the book of James. So I put it, you know, I'm not going to read the entire thing. It's a very long book, but it's a, it's not as long as some other books. I'm going to read to you uh, because I love you and care about you, and I want you today, if nothing else, be nurtured by the Word of God. I want to give you the Cliff Notes version of what the Epistle of James is. So chapter one, okay, and this is a guide to how to live your life, okay, how to live your life. Do you have any, like, sense of, or, oh, my gosh, I don't know where, where to go, what to do, what to say, you know, I'll tell you what, open up the book of James and you'll be like, oh, I get it now. I know what to do. 
I know what to say because that is how powerful that book is, okay? And I'm saying it from a, a personal point of view. I'm saying it from me going, being an atheist, going back to, uh, back to the journey um, that God has sent me to, to walk in. And uh, usually this is something that I read even as I am a therapist, I will read this to help me ground myself. So the, this is really quick, but it's a beautiful uh, a piece of, of, of art. I call it art because it's, it's, it's intrinsic. It's, it makes us beautiful on the inside. You know, I look at the Mona Lisa and I'm like, wow, that's gorgeous. I love, I'm a painter. I paint, you know, I'm an artist. And so, but the, the canvas that, that is inside of us can also be painted so much, uh, can be influenced uh, as to what that tapestry is going to look like based on what it is that we ingest in our minds, in our bodies, in our, in, in our spirit. So the book of James, the Cliff Notes version, so the objectives in this studying of the chapter uh, was simple. One, it was to appreciate the value of enduring trials. And, oh, my gosh, don't we know what that is lately? Enduring. Enduring trials. Two, to understand how sin develops from temptation to death, from the separation of God to the reunification with God. Three, to note the importance of being doers of the world and practitioners of religion or faith that is pure and undefiled before God. So let's summarize chapter one. So following a simple and humble situation, James begins his epistle with a call to view trials as occasions to rejoice. Understanding they can produce patience, which leads to maturity. If wisdom is needed, he counsels his readers to ask God with faith and not doubt. In the meantime, the poor are encouraged to rejoice in their exaltation, while the rich are to be thankful for their humiliation. Motivation to endure temptation is given, along with an explanation as to the true source of temptations and the development of sin, which leads to spiritual death. Let no one be deceived. God is not the source of temptation, but the father of every good and perfect gift, which comes down from, a, from above, has brought us forth that we might be the fifth fruit of his creation. With admonitions to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. James then expounds upon a major theme of this epistle, to be doers of the word and not hearers only, illustrating the folly of being a hearer only. He contrasts the difference between religion that is useless and that is which is pure and undefiled before God. So I, I find that, again, you know, it ties with what I just said earlier, is that, you know, be swift to hear, slow to speak, you know, slow to wrath. 
That sounds simple, but it's so difficult for some people. My father used to say over and over, don't act, or my father would say in Espanol, no pienses con el pensamiento, piensa con el sentimiento. No pienses con el sentimiento, piensa con el sentimiento. El pensamiento, pardon me. But all he meant was, don't think with your feelings, because if you think with your feelings and you're just distraught, you're going to make some bad decisions. Period. Think with your head. Let your emotional waves subside. Let whatever it is that's eating you up, let it subside. Abraham Lincoln did that. When he would get upset, he writes up. I mean, he was like madness. Like, see this Kermit the Frog meme or, or gif where, you know, Kermit is writing stuff. And, and, and it's, just, it's just, I think of Lincoln and I think of him writing all these things. And then he would write them and then he would put them away. And then you think about it, if it was a good idea or not. Just put it out there. That's maturity. That is maturity. So, you know, the, the, the salutation that starts with, with James is actually pretty cool. Um, it's... It starts with, you know, true religion endures trials and temptations. So knowing uh, that the testing of our faith produces patience. And letting patience produce its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete. That you may lack nothing. So the salutation goes on to say, with the wisdom of God, if you lack wisdom, ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. It will be given to you. Wisdom will. But you have to ask in faith. Without doubting, for he who doubts, and it goes on to say, is like a wave in the sea that is driven and tossed and turned by the wind, should not suppose that we will receive anything from the Lord. It is a, du- is, is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Think about it is a double-minded man unstable in his way. We have to put things into proper perspective in that God sees and knows what it is that we're doing and what we're needing. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Satan is different. Satan can't really get in our heads. He doesn't know what we're saying. But God knows. God knows what our spirit is plotting. The devil doesn't. Just doesn't. So I'm asking you to open up the possibility revolution in yourself if it's not already happening. Because you earned it in this life. You came out 
And the fact that you're alive is like what scientifically one in 400 trillion that you, that you're actually alive. That means like, you know, all the, your mom meeting your dad or your your grandparents meeting and their family meeting and they're traveling from one place to another, one country to another or region to another region, you know, all the way from, you know, then the surviving pandemics or wars and the like. The statistics of you being here is uh, one in 400 trillion. So man, that makes you pretty darn special and worthy of good things. The book of James is a beautiful book to read because it just, it it always smacks me upside the head and reminds me how powerful God truly is. And right now, I think that we need to look at two things, uh, two things, and, you know, I I hope you guys understand that at any time in the show, you guys can call in. Uh, and it's a blog, this blog talk through this, the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. These people are beautiful souls, and I'm so happy that they allow me to talk uh, and share the Word of God and share the wisdom that I have learned through these years. Um, the blog talk number is 515-605-9873. That's 515-605-9873. If you want to call and ask me questions, please do so. Now is the time. I do want to tell you that I am a person that is for two primary things. And I make it my day's work. I wake up in the morning and I, it, I do it every single day. After I, I say thank you, God, and I, I use those first 14 minutes and say I'm grateful, I move on to the business at hand. And that is to be present, to be somebody's uh, shining light a little bit, if I can, to raise, raise awareness, especially nowadays. Oh, there's so much going on. So I'll go full force into politician-minded mode. I, I look at what's happening in the, on our congressional floor, on our Senate floor. I'll see what is happening uh, with the current news reels. Uh, I watch uh, Fox News. I watch CNN News. I don't advocate that you watch, you know, one over the other. Um, I watch BBC. I watch all kinds because media sometimes contrives um, to, to blind you. And so I need to keep my eye, my spiritual eye open. I can't allow all that uh, smoke um, that's infectious uh, towards me. So I I wake up, I look to see what's happening um, on the Senate floor, on on the United States uh, congressional level and the Senate floor, and and I talk about it. I talk about what happens in the committees, the subcommittees, and right now, look, folks, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening in Washington. Um, They're talking about fiscal years are coming up, so that is happening. Uh, That is uh, occurring in the subcommittees, how they're going to allot money for this and that and the other, Homeland Security, 
um, social security, but nothing that is affecting us here now. Because the House and the Senate did not get along right now. There's an evil there. There's an evil there, and, and it's different demons. It's not just one. I used to, I used to think that uh, Mammon, Mammon, who's the uh, you know uh, the 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 one the one that I think is is culpable for you know extreme capitalism and whatnot. Um, you know, who likes to entice people, you know, with money and goods and bling and gold and whatnot. I used to think, you know, maybe that's that that's what's going on, you know, with them. But no, I think all, a lot of other demons are taking, you know, are taking shelter um, in Washington. And, um, you know, my, my hope is that when I do provide information that people understand, you know, I'm just providing what I know that happens. Um, I can't make anything up because y'all can go to the web pages and see for yourself. Um, so why do I do it? Well, it's, it's easy. And I'll say this. This is because I stand for these two things. So the first is human rights. And this is just non-negotiable. This is what I want the world to look like. This is what I want to protest against if it's happening. Um, if, if this is my value system. I am sharing my value system with you today. But this value system is actually followed by other people. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a moderate. First, I like to say that we as human beings, remember earlier I said um, my race is the human race? I believe that all humans have the right to life and liberty, liberty of being, being the freedom or having the freedom to do that which neither injures another nor the environment. The right to be happy. Being free from discrimination based on a person's race, color, sex, sexual orientation, religious or personal beliefs, nationality, or social origin. And now I even add genetic discrimination. Predispositions are now part of whether or not you're going to get an adequate quote on your type of life insurance or health insurance because you're being discriminated on something they can't see, but they, that may happen because they're predisposed to say breast cancer. Also, humans shall have an opportunity for honest employment that provides at a minimum a sufficient income to cover basic needs for themselves and their family. Honest employment. and have access to quality, affordable health care. That's all. That, that's, that's, that's all Sandra wants. And, and that's what I look to see if it's, it's happening and who's, who's putting bills out that, that's going to promote that agenda. That's my agenda. This is my agenda. And you know what? The agenda is not too far from what God said. 
It isn't. As a matter of fact, I would pinpoint scripture in every single one of these. But as interesting as all this is, I wrote this when I was an atheist. Yet, it's what God would want me to do and has wanted me to do and has anointed me to do. So, one of the biggest ones right now is in, in this piece of paper, and I left it for last, that I have is not being held in slavery or servitude. I want to leave that last. We are human. My brother, even though my brother has a criminal background and is scared that he can't find another job and that's what they know, the employer knows that my brother may have that fear, to have that fear and use it against him so that he can serve him for his financial needs even though he's going to pay my brother, but he's not getting paid a fair wage, I can tell you that. He doesn't have insurance, even though he works 50 hours a week. What is my brother going to do? What is he going to do? Go and tell on him? Go and tell on his boss? He needs the money to support his family, and, there's, and he's not alone. There's millions of people that are having to go to work, and not only that, they're being ordered to go back to work. They're being ordered to go back to work. There is the, the work compassion that I said earlier, on fire. Because there's some leadership that doesn't show any compassion. Ordering the public, go and work under slogans such as like in Texas, I remember the slogan, and I knew, I'm like, oh, my good Lord in heaven. And that slogan was restoring livelihood. That's what the government in Texas wanted. That, that's how they sold it. We need to restore livelihoods in Texas, and we need to get back to work. Well, tell you what. Now they're not restoring, they're storing dead bodies and coolers. And because uh, people are getting sick left and right, and we have one of the highest numbers of COVID cases and fatalities right now. So when people launch these campaigns under certain slogans, be very careful. I always ask these questions. Is this slogan that this person is promoting to me, does it I start asking, like, so let's just put it in perspective. Restoring livelihoods. That was the slogan that was given in Texas. So the first question would be, was, is this going to give me the right to life and liberty? Liberty being the freedom to do that which um, injures neither another person nor the environment? Some people may say yes, some people may say no. Will restoring livelihoods and going back to work and 
not wearing masks at the time. That was the deal. You know, is that going to make me happy? No, it didn't promote. A lot of people were not happy to go back to work because they were scared to death. Three, is restoring livelihoods, is it, uh, well, will it, is it being, is it promoting being free from discriminating, discrimination based on a person's race, color, sex, sexual orientation, religion, or other personal beliefs, nationality, or social origin? Is it going to promote that, restoring livelihoods? At the time, and I said, no, I don't think it meets that criteria because the majority of people that were going to go and work are minorities. Again, the question, restoring livelihoods, is it going to promote not being held in slavery or servitude? Think about that. Being able to live in a free or open society with the right to vote, free speech, a basic education and the environment free of harmful pollution, have an opportunity for honest employment that provides at a minimum a sufficient income to cover basis, basics need, basic needs for themselves and their family. So let's talk about it just real quick, 30 seconds. Is it promoting an opportunity for honest employment that provides at a minimum a sufficient income to cover basic needs for themselves and their families? Absolutely not. That did not promote. So restoring livelihoods was not restoring livelihoods to say people like my brother. Restoring other people's type of livelihoods. And then, of course, is this going to promote having access to quality and affordable health care? It did not because people can't afford health care. People don't even know where to get tested. People don't know where to go to for a follow-up test. So that was, that's, that's how I use this list. Will whatever is being the slogan or the propaganda being thrown out, is it, is it going to promote some of these values? And I go from there. And I just thank God that he, he gives me the discernment to figure it out for myself, not to get on a bandwagon. That's the way my father brought me up, my earthly father. Think for yourself. And he said, why you still have, my father said, I quote, you have a voice, you have a brain, Use it. Nobody is better than you, not even the president. He said to me that, hold on, I'm like six, seven, I don't remember, I remember being little. He said, no one's better than you, Sandra, and you're better than, you're no better than anybody else. We are all the same. We all bleed the same. We all hurt the same. So as long as you have a voice, don't let them silence it. And I'm like, who are you talking about? But... I guess he may have prepared me for this very moment. So I, um, I just wanted to um, end in prayer. And 
you know, underscore how how important it is that we we meet one another's needs in our society. So I'm going to pray and ask God to help us help one another. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time at the Psalmist Voice Network. Thank you for the people that are here listening through Facebook Live. You are the person, the being, the air I breathe that has always kept me focused. And I will honor my existence that you brought me here. You brought me here for a reason. And I will honor you. Until my dying day, I will continue to advocate for basic human survival needs. Air, water, food, shelter, safety, sleep, clothing. I will do that to my dying day. And I ask God that you would instill in other people's hearts to help their neighbor to attain the same. I say this in Jesus Christ and I pray this in Jesus Christ's most precious and holy name. Amen. All right, guys, I will see you tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow. I will see you next week. I'll see some of the folks that I work with through Amplified Life. I'll see you tomorrow. So thank you for having me. Um, Thank you for having me, Thomas Swift. I'll talk to you guys next time. I want to say something to everyone in a spirit of humility, a spirit of meekness, and a spirit of Christ-like love. There's chaos and calamity in the world, and there's so much hurt and distrust. When police are killed, we need to say something. When black boys are killed, we need to say something. And when we don't say something, we're saying something. We have the spirit of redemption when we speak. At our concerts, in our churches, I beg of you, let's ask the people that we are accountable to stand in front of to pray with us for healing. We Tell me why, tell me why we're divided.
families will come together right now and seek your face. You will forgive our sins and you'll heal our incredible land. In the name of the only Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You're listening to The Lord of Our Nation with Sandra Grace right now on TPV Radio. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. TPV Radio, Central Texas.